0: Love, talk Radio
1: Good evening and welcome to Inside the Huddle. Today we are going to break down the Indiana Ohio State matchup from Saturday. It was a hard-fought game. Indiana ended up uh losing 34-27 to Ohio State, number 1 ranked in the country. Uh we'll have PJ Inman and Nick Holmes uh joining us. Uh, It was a great game. It was great to see the Hoosier crowd uh, out in full force. Uh, The weather wasn't great, but it's Big Ten football, and that's the weather you're supposed to have. Uh, TJ, how are you today on Monday? I'm doing great, Sammy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Anytime. Since you uh, co-host the show, you're kind of obligated to be on. That is a good point. Good point. (laughs) Um. Anyway, TJ, uh, it was a a game where it really translated on television that the atmosphere of Memorial Stadium, I thought, was terrific. It was a game that got Hoosier Nation on social media uh, talking about IU, and um, hopefully uh, that carries over until later in the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, really, when you take into account the the whole week um, with and kind of the week prior as well with the, you know, get game day IU movement um, that then sort of evolved into the Dockage game day that, um, you know, I I don't know how much actual fans that, additional fans that brought to the game, but I know it did bring a lot of additional attention to the game. Um, and then you, you add in that Indiana got to play on ABC Uh, in a a good time slot at 3.30 and put together a a good performance that I think fans that were watching uh, that are maybe hardcore fans of IU football or maybe they're just casual IU athletics fans that normally wait for basketball season that tuned in to a football game because they said, hey, look, our football team is 4-0. Let's give it a shot. And I think those fans that turned in number one, could be proud of the way that IU played, and number two, had to be entertained by what they saw. And like you said, hopefully um, that'll carry over for fans to come out in two weeks uh, against Rutgers for homecoming. And hopefully, you know, you're not going to have a sellout for that game, I wouldn't imagine. But, um, you know, hopefully there's good attendance for that and that that people continue to support this team uh, kind of similar to the way we saw on Saturday. Because like you said, uh, on TV, it, it did come across well. Uh, you and I both mentioned the turf doesn't look great at all on TV, but beyond that, it looked really, really good. It was it was nice to see Memorial Stadium full. It was good to see people for the entire game. It was good to see people energized and the students be nice and loud for that one. Um, and the IU players and coaches mentioned that, especially the players, mentioned yeah, it was great to have that crowd. We feed off of that. We need to have it for the rest of the season. So, you know, we're not here to be cheerleaders or anything, but it, it was it was really cool to see that atmosphere at Memorial Stadium.
1: Yeah, the, and the the turf once again, it looked like a um, a ragged golf course fairway there, uh, which is never good when you have uh, field turf. But anyway, let's get down to the nitty gritty of the game. Uh, Indiana has to feel, you know, they they should be proud of the way they played. They played. A good game. It wasn't great. They made a lot of mistakes after looking back at the tape. Um, And I think we're beyond the point, as Nick, you wrote earlier um, today, we're beyond the point of moral victories. And this was, in a sense, a moral victory. Um, They played well. Uh, They did not come out of it as healthy as uh, fans would have liked. They did not have uh, Nate Sudfeld. Uh, For the second half, Jordan Howard tried to come back a couple of times, showed how much guts he had, but he sustained an ankle injury as well and couldn't make it back, and their status is still up in the air for next week. Uh, Wilson wouldn't dive into that uh, at his press conference today, and he wouldn't allow uh, Nate Sudfeld to talk about a timeline of his injury as he cut that press conference short. Uh, But, Nick, let's get into the game uh, what are some of the things that IU did well this week?
3: Uh, they just continued to uh, be ball hawks on defense. Marcus Oliver went in there and hit his regular thing and stripped the stripped the ball away from Jalen Marshall. So uh, plus three in turnover margin, which I think we all agreed going into this game that for this team to have a a solid chance, it was it was going to take extra possessions. It was going to, you know, they were going to get yards, and clearly Elliot did that. But it was just going to be stopping drives when it seemed like their back was against the wall, and they did that three times on Saturday, so that was absolutely huge. Um, You know, the defensive line played really well. I mean, they stuffed the run, like I said, but all for those three three long runs by Ezekiel Elliott, and and the coaches and the players admitted that something to do with fit on the play, they weren't quite set up the way that they should have been, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't even maybe that they were outplayed, it was just they weren't set up schematically to handle whatever um, Ohio State was throwing at them. And, and Wilson talked about the multiple formations that uh, Ohio State will throw at you and, and, and just give you different looks throughout the game. So, you know, overall I was I was really pleased with the defensive effort. I think a lot of people quickly go to total yards or points and they kind of miss maybe these other, other factors. And I believe Ohio State was two of uh, – Were they 2 of 14 on third down?
1: Yeah, something like that. They weren't very good.
3: Yeah, 2 of 14 is what I'm looking at. So, I mean, all signs show um, improvement on defense. The only concerning stat, and we both talked about this at halftime, Sandy, was that the uh, average yard per play was a concern, and it it still ended up at 8.5, but... Obviously, that was increased by the the runs of 55, 65, and 75 yards. But for all intents and purposes, I think IU outplayed Ohio State easily. Yeah,
1: uh, that that came across Twitter uh, with some of the big wigs in college football. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit said IU outplayed them and played with a lot more heart than Ohio State. Um, But again... Uh, like you said earlier today, uh, no moral victories. Uh, this is something right. that I use can't let it ha- uh, can't let what happened to Northwestern happen to them. They played well against the top-ranked team in the country. It's something to build off of. It should give you confidence to say, "Hey, we this is where we belong." And Wilson said that in the post game too. He says, "You thought we could play, but now you know. Now you know we right. belong on the we- field with these guys." And and going into to Penn State, it's not a strong Penn State team, but it's still a place where IU has never won. It's, there's going to be 100-and-something thousand people there. It's homecoming. It's going to be a whiteout or whatever they do for homecoming. Uh, it's going to be a, a crazy atmosphere. So IU needs to forget about what happened against Ohio State and, and come into Penn State with that. Uh, TJ, what are some of the, the things um, – I should uh need to improve upon. Uh there were some drops in that game. Uh special team mm-hmm. performance was concerning. Uh, and and then uh some of the wide receivers need to to start getting separation from from the defenders.
2: Yeah, I thought uh I thought the play of not the entire wide receiver core, uh Cindy Cobbs had a couple of drops, Damon Graham had a couple of drops. Um I I wish that they would have targeted Ricky Jones a little bit more. I understand why they were going to Cobbs as uh Conley, Ohio State's uh, one of their top corners left the game and they had a freshman in there, Lattimore, uh, going against semi Cobbs. So I, I understand picking on that matchup and uh it should have worked better than it did, but you know, when you drop the ball it doesn't matter who's defending you. Um I I I wish that Ricky Jones would have been targeted a little bit more I thought that in the fourth quarter he showed uh he showed that you know whoever's guarding him he's able to at least catch the ball and uh, create some positive plays for the Hoosiers. Maybe is we'll see that moving forward. Um so yeah, that's a concern. The kick return game continues to be at best it's at, you know a non-factor. Um and at worst you're getting negative plays on it. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, the coverage units are, are still doing a nice job. I, I thought that that was a real a big plus you saw. You know, just if you look at last year's Ohio State game and then go to this year's, Indiana did such a much better job on covering the explosive plays from Ohio State on special teams. But they're just not generating anything on kick return or punt return, really, outside of one big play earlier in the season. So uh, that needs to be figured out. Um and I, I thought that, like you said, Nick, uh, it was a, a positioning problem that called, caused those three big runs. That I mean, you have to give credit to Ezekiel Elliott as well. He showed why he's one of the best players in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, Jalen Marshall took over the game in the second half and put IU away. Uh, this year, Ezekiel Elliott took over the game. Couldn't put IU away the same way that Marshall's plays did, which is a credit to IU's resiliency, but, um, you know, those. The, that positioning, you can't have those let-ups where, and I don't know if it was mental mistakes or if it was just, you know, guys were absolutely focused and they just made an honest mistake. I don't know. But moving forward, when the margin for error in these Big Ten games is as small as it's going to be for anybody, really, but especially for IU against teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, even Rutgers in Maryland uh, and Purdue and Iowa, you know, any game on the rest of the schedule, you cannot have missed assignments or plays where guys are lining up incorrectly because on all three of those plays, Ohio State ran inside power to the right side of the line, and Ezekiel Elliott was able to get to the second level pretty much untouched it wasn't missed tackles because nobody got a hand on him and once he gets to the second level there's nobody there and so that tells you yeah it was mispositioning and the iu coaches and the players acknowledged that um they know what the problem was but it's the key is going to be fixing that going forward because like you said overall it was a really good effort by the defense really good performance by the defense uh i I was encouraged by the play of the secondary. I thought that, for the most part, they did a nice job. I was encouraged by the amount of pressure that they got on Cardell Jones. There were a few plays where he had all day to throw back there, but that's going to happen against an O-line as good as Ohio State's. So for the most part, I was pleased with every aspect of the defense outside of those three big runs by Ezekiel Elliott that you know obviously factor into the game in a huge way. Uh, But for me, the biggest concerns are what I just mentioned there, the the special teams return units, uh, the wide receiver drops, and then just the defense continuing to work on cutting out, allowing those big plays.
1: Yeah, uh, TJ, I agree with you on special teams. uh, Although I think kick return, uh, Ohio State did an excellent job of pooch kicking uh, on kickoffs to, to make IU return it. To where I think Kevin Wilson is now telling his guys, "Hey, just take a knee. We'll get it to twenty-five mm-hmm. and go from there." Um, so I, I don't think that's all that big of a deal unless they start pooch kicking more. Which if I'm a team. I'm going to do that all day because I use returners. Just haven't been able to break through the the garbages, as Wilson said earlier in the year. Um, right. But the punting is was an issue on Saturday. Um, The coverage unit wasn't horrible. Um, They they did make some big plays on Jalen Marshall, but Eric Toth was abysmal. He had a 14-yard punt. They had a fake punt set up where it was blocked well. He ran the wrong direction away from the blockers and didn't get it. Otherwise, he gets the first down, and who knows what happens. Um, And then all his punts, you know, you saw Cam Johnson kind of, the the wind was a, definitely a factor on Saturday, and you saw when Cam Johnson was pu- uh, punting into the wind, he would change his style a little bit and punt it a little bit lower and away from uh, Page to where it skips on the ground, and you get a roll, whereas as Toast tried to, you know, he still was sky-kicking it, and um, there was zero zero hang time, and, and giving Jalen Marshall 10 yards, to make a move and make defenders miss is, is playing with fire. They're lucky he didn't return one. I think he had 76 return yards on the day. Um, although Jalen Marshall, Ohio State fans have to be very frustrated with him. He carries Nick and I. Uh, Nick said this to me in the booth or in the box. He carries that that ball around like a loaf of bread, and they're lucky he didn't fumble it two or three more times. Um, he did fumble it, I believe it was twice. Uh, Oliver punched it out and then um uh either Fant or or somebody else there on the sideline punched it out where Fant recovered the fumble. So, he's got to be a very frustrating player for Ohio State fans. But yeah, other than that, the the aggressiveness on the safeties on those uh big runs was was a factor. Jonathan Crawford kind of crashed down and you could see on the TV they're playing up nobody I think was was farther than 8 yards. Uh, away from the ball, so you know that that's what happens when you try and gear up to stop the run, and and they find a hole, and before you know it, he's an elite running back, and he's in into the end zone, um, fifty five, sixty five, and seventy five yards later. Uh, Nick, so uh, going on to yours, uh, what are your main takeaways from the game on Saturday?
3: Well, you know, I really, uh, I've there's been a couple times this year where the team had accumulated eleven eleven penalties. And we've talked about you know sometimes you have to live with that when when you're trying to be more aggressive. In this game, they they did a a lot better job. They only had seven penalties for 50 yards, but it was the timing of those penalties that really were the, in my opinion, the difference in in the outcome of the game. There was one in the uh, first quarter. IU was driving and they had a second and one, and there was a false start. Went back to second mm-hmm. and six and didn't recover. Ended up just taking three. And then, as we all know, on that final drive you're you get you're sitting at the five yard line you get a first or a second and goal, and then you you jump again, so now you're at the you're at the ten um so i was I was pleased by the fact that yes, you didn't have as many um obvious errors or you know pass interference a lot of you know just things that you shouldn't typically have, but it seems it seems a little Little hiccups throughout the game that played a huge role, I believe, in the outcome of 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 the game as a whole um but you know like like we said, like you mentioned Sammy at the beginning my my article about you know there's no moral victories, and I think that's a i, I that's a disservice to Coach Wilson and his players to say, "Hey, great job, guys, like you hung with the top team in the nation, as you guys both alluded to. Corsaro and, and Diamant both said, we believe we would win this game. We believe that we belong on the same field with these guys. And they've proved it three times now against Ohio State that they are their equals. And I believe that this year, more than even in the past years, there wasn't anything fluky about them staying in this game. They they outplayed them, and that's what's most encouraging is the fact that they hung with them in in a normal, typical fashion. There was no need for... Kevin Coleman going off for three runs for hundred and fifty yards it was just a it was a typical normal football game that you like to see um so that was that was what was most encouraging to me. They could just play their game and they achieved moderate success
2: yeah yeah I, if spot I, if on, I interject real quick yeah, if I get interject real quick just to add on to that um what's really It's hard for me to think about because I don't want to take away at all what Xander Diamant was able because he was a real, real spark for them. Uh, They didn't put him in to be a spark, but they put him in because they had to. But he stepped up in a huge way, um, Mm -hmm. really, really created some some life when it looked like that game was going to get away from IU and it would be, well, they hung with them for three quarters, but, you know, Ohio State, Eventually, he just wore them down. It was too much, and that's what it looked like it was going to be. And that that really, honestly, would have been perfectly fine. Hmm. Um, it wouldn't have been a surprise at all. But Diamant stepped in. So you think, okay, what happens if Seteveld doesn't get hurt? If Howard isn't limited, because Howard had had not, you know, incredible success up to that point, but he had, he played well before getting hurt. Uh, got rolled up on. Um, on a near sack by Joey Bosa, but you think about if they had had Jordan Howard for the remainder of that game, what happens um well they had yeah, if they'd had Latham um so it it's not a case where oh Ohio State was missing some key guys, no, no, they weren't Indiana was. um, mm-hmm. and it was still. It was still right there now, Ohio State made some mistakes that allowed Indiana to stay in that game as close as they were, so let's not pretend that Ohio State played perfect. uh neither mm-hmm. team played perfect. I think a lot of co- i think the both coaching staff will look at that tape and see a lot of things that um they can honestly say, yeah, we should have done that a lot better, so overall, I think you have to be very encouraged and like you said, Sammy, it's a really good point what Indiana has to do now, whether Sundfeld or howard or Whoever's playing on Saturday um, needs to make sure that this Ohio State game doesn't beat them twice. Um, Because I think Northwestern fans and their players have talked about that Ohio State game that they they put they invested so much into it, and it got a lot of national attention, and they played well, and they almost won, and they lost, and then they totally fell apart because it seemed like they'd invested so much into it. The idea of losing never even crossed their mind, and then they lost. And then the rest of the season just fell apart. Indiana needs to make sure that Ohio State doesn't beat them twice, and I, that's that's going to be the biggest task for the coaching staff and for the players this week is not only getting ready for Penn State uh, on a physical standpoint and on a preparation standpoint, but just mentally preparing yourselves for, okay, we're 4-1. You know, all the goals we set up for ourselves are still in front of us, so there's no reason we can't play that way again and improve on those things and and go win a win at a place they've never won at before. So that's going to be the important thing for the coaching staff and for the players this week. And I'm going to be very interested to see how they respond. Um, the one point I wanted to make about Ohio State, real quick, I, just as a as it relates to overall football, you look at all the talent that Ohio State has, and I still believe they will ultimately win the Big Ten. Um I just have a lot of respect for the coaching staff there but when you have players that make mistakes consistently it makes them very hard to put on the field. Um, Jalen Marshall turning it over with the fumbles and Braxton Miller I think a lot of people are wondering well, why isn't Braxton Miller more involved. Well I think that, I think that they're finding it hard to put a guy on the field and rely on him when he can't really be a part of the offense because he doesn't block We saw him get a a personal foul penalty. He doesn't block, and he is having a hard time, um, I guess, fitting in with the offense and what his role is. And I think it speaks to kind of the overall thing you have to have as a football player and how hard it can be to to actually succeed at any position uh, at this level. So I, I think just having talent isn't enough. And uh, you know, you saw that with a couple of Ohio State players on Saturday. They've got all the talent in the world, but just having all the talent doesn't necessarily mean you're going to blow the other team out. It's having the overall scheme, doing things correctly, doing things with intelligence, avoiding mistakes. It's all that stuff that uh, makes winning a football game
1: so hard. Yeah, that's you know, you're spot on, and and. IU's kind of got Ohio State's goat a little bit. They haven't won, won a game yet, but they're knocking on the door there. Uh, you know, they've played them well since Wilson has been there, and this is just another game where they, they got close. And you're right, that Northwestern team, that Ohio State loss might have wrecked two seasons um, going back yeah. uh, the last two years. Uh, so who knows? You know, this is, they can't let them beat them twice. They have to move on to Penn State, regardless of who's playing and who's not playing. Um, you know, I, I have no idea from what was said at the press conference today. It would lead me to believe that it would be a game time decision, um, um, and we'll see. And I think the players are confident that Xander could can do the job. Um, he's a little bit different than Sudfeld. He can run the ball. Maybe gives the, the Hoosiers a little bit more in terms of of a running option at quarterback um, against Penn State, who's a very good run defense. Uh, But I think they, you know, he proved a lot to those players last year that, you know, he's up for the challenge and we'll, we'll see what they do. Now, uh, if Howard is out, that, that complicates a lot of things. They don't have very much depth at running back. Now that uh, Tommy Mr. uh, transferred before the season uh, Ricky Brookins uh, rolled an ankle, too, so his availability is unknown. Uh, he, Wilson talked about moving jet back to running back uh, this, uh, this morning, um, and they have Andrew Wilson and Alex Rodriguez got a lot of praise at at the, the press conference uh, this morning as well. So we'll see. If Howard can't go, it's going to be Divine Redding and the rest of the bunch and that might be a, a bigger loss than than uh, not having uh, Nate Sudfeld there. But either way, it's going to be a great challenge, a great test. Indiana's right where they should be at 4-1. and one. Um, So they've they got to look at the big picture. If Sudfeld and Howard are a week away, let them rest. Uh, it's, it's really not worth them going out there and getting injured further for the rest of the season because in the future there are winnable games on the schedule. You have Rutgers coming up in two weeks. Um you yeah, have Michigan and Iowa at home, and then you go to uh, Maryland and Purdue to, to close out the season. Now, Purdue played very well, but uh, they're facing, you know, another losing season, another disappointing season. And, and Maryland's a, a total disaster uh, in College Park. So it, it's very important for them to see the bigger picture here, not rush these guys back just to say, hey, we beat Penn State at Penn State.
2: I totally agree. Uh one thing I wanted to ask uh ask you guys and I guess I'll I'll direct this to Nick, but uh, Nick, what did you um what did you think of the I, I guess I would say the overall uh game plan? I, I was I was pleased with the play calling, I was pleased with the defensive game plan they came in with. Uh there were a few things I didn't agree with but but what did you uh, what do you think of the overall plan that the coaches had have laid out for the guys that got them ultimately in
3: position, but came up a little bit short? You know, I, I'm like you. I, you know, I was uh, behind almost everything that they did throughout the game. Um, there was a there was a point, I believe it was midway through the third quarter, early in the fourth, where it seemed like it was becoming pretty predictable on first down that we would run the ball. And mm-hmm. um, and you were getting one to two yards, and I thought possibly you might throw in a play action here or there. And and I know that Xander was just you know coming cold off the bench, so maybe they weren't wanting to push him too hard in the in the passing game. But um, yeah, overall, I, I mean they gave them every opportunity to play um, and win that game. But yeah, just just a few of the first down calls were. Um, a little frustrating at times, but I know you have to try to keep the defense honest and make them, uh, you know, respect the run. And uh, But it, it, it was hard to run against that defensive line. They feature at least three future NFL players. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, overall I liked it. Yeah, no,
1: yeah I, they I agree with, with that. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. The game plan was, was pretty sound, um, especially with the wind and the weather. You knew that throwing the ball would be a little bit more difficult. Uh but yeah, go ahead T J good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I I spent some time
2: uh you know preparing for this podcast by uh looking at a few of the Ohio State sites, uh, you know, a couple that we partnered with, um Ohio or Eleven Warriors and uh and Bucknuts. Uh, and then I looked at uh, the SB Nation site for them, Land Grant Holy Land. Um all three of those sites do a nice job. And we uh definitely appreciate the, the work that Eleven Warriors and uh Bucknuts did with us during game week. That was great. Uh but I, I looked at some of the the comments from their fans, um, and that's not the best representative perhaps of things because those are gonna be the diehards, but um generally pretty knowledgeable um knowledgeable fan base that Ohio State has and, and a knowledgeable group on those sites it seems. And I, I gotta say, reading through those comments, IU did not win this game and that is the most important thing. But I can tell you, Indiana's football program has the respect of most of those commenters, um, and that was cool to go through and read. You know, I I certainly didn't do anything to have anything to do with this, but I think it's pretty cool for the players um, that they have kind of built this from what it was when Kevin Wilson took over, and I don't think that any Ohio State fans would have had the same level of respect for um, for the IU program that they do at this current juncture. You know, they, they know where their place is in college football, and at times they can be kind of an arrogant fan base. But I thought reading through the comments, they pretty much, to a man or woman, said, uh, you know, Indiana played with a ton of heart, deserved to win that game. And, uh, you know, they were – happy to be out of Wilmington with the victory. It was a much tougher game than they had anticipated, and uh, I think they were pretty impressed with with what IU has, and a lot of them seem to think that there's no reason IU shouldn't win at least seven or eight games. So um, Indiana lost, and, and that's, that's true, but I think there's a lot of positives that came out of Saturday's game if they can build off of it, as, as we've talked about. So a lot of good things. It was a great game to watch, a cool atmosphere to see. And uh, I hope it's more of the same performance-wise at Penn State, more of the same atmosphere-wise when they return home to, to take on Rutgers.
1: Yeah, and um, we're we're out of time on our, our half-hour show. We'll get more on Wednesday when we do our hour show. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining us. Nick, uh, thanks as always. You do a great job. Uh, you also <laughs> keep me sane up in the press box, so thank you for that. Hey, no problem. Thanks, guys. Yep, have a good week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, I guess. Thank you. All right. We'll be back Wednesday. That does it for the Ohio State game. Uh, Indiana lost 34-27. A lot of good things came out of it. Um, Hopefully Sudfeld and Jordan Howard are back for next week. Uh, We'll be previewing Penn State on Wednesday uh, at at 11 o'clock at our usual time. Uh, Download it on iTunes and uh, check out HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have all your coverage.
0: Explore more stories like Shayna's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies.